When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today I'm interviewing somebody who has uh, certainly made a, a very unique mark on this world. Einer Banks, how you doing? Doing all right. How about yourself? Excellent, man. Very, very excited to have you in here. Yeah, appreciate it. Long yeah, I, mem- coming. I remember there was one time where you stopped by the store years ago. Yeah. And you had like a little, um, like a little conference we just had a conversation about yeah. about like what was going on with your shit and I, I when i look back at it i'm like damn i wish i had done the interview then i know you had said that you're like let's do the interview now and i'm like <sighs> oh that day yeah that day you're oh, like wow. you ready to do it now i was like i wanted to but i was like you know what i'm gonna, I'm gonna get some different shit to talk about really back then i was like you know what we're gonna do a cypher in my head, it was just going to be the easiest thing. I walk in, we have like 20 artists lined up back to back. We knock out videos. And then I'm like, you know what? We announced we did a cypher. It'd be way too many artists who wanted to get involved. And oh, there'd be yeah. no way to thread it out. Yeah, <laughs> like, we actually tried doing that a couple of times. Where we, we just had people come to the office and we were live streaming. And they would just rap. And we would just stand there and like kind of try to judge them or grade them and it, it was really really weird yeah no it's it's there's got to be a lot more that goes into it than just let's do this somebody's always going to get their feelings hurt but but you know what was interesting i remember when you had that conversation with me is that i realized like oh shit like this guy's thinking big picture like yeah. you know there's a lot of people who might go viral for something one time and uh you know just sort of let it be yeah but you definitely like realize the power of the platform that you were already building even early on well i just think with what you do it's so cool because you're not just the interviews you're the i'm gonna go to the hood and see what's going on over here we're gonna vlog this whole tour back in the day you did it on the mm. road so i was like you know what let's not just sit down and do some casual interview let's let's make it into something else but um yeah that would have been a little sticky looking back on it just how to decide who's involved and Oh, doing the cipher thing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, cause I just, I remember you telling me about like kind of all the problems that you were having where there were a lot of the same problems I was having where you were inundated. You had 10 million people trying to do videos right. with you and you weren't really sure, like, should I do a separate account for all the people who want to pay me to do these videos right. or whatever? I want to keep my channel kind of like real high quality, right. but I have so many different people trying to fuck with me. And I just remember thinking like, oh shit, like he actually, is really building something pretty dope here. And I think it's really kind of borne out because you're you're experiencing more and more success as the years go by. Yeah, I think the the exclusivity of, of what you do, what I do is important. You know, you want to... I like how you interview, like, the people who are exciting to you. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter if this guy's got clout. If he's entertaining, you know he's going to say some funny shit. You I just got to be excited yeah. about it, you know? It's a weird position to be in when I realize I'm excited about somebody, but the world is not ready for their interview yet. Like, yeah, the yeah, world yeah, yeah. isn't going to think that they're as exciting as I think they are. Maybe maybe we need to wait a little bit. You know? Yeah, but sometimes you create that for them like mm-hmm. the 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 55th dude like i watched oh that whole interview out. i just wanted to hear him talk like i i didn't know anything that was going on but i just saw the little <laughs> snippet and i'm like i'm gonna watch this all the way through try to figure out what's going on with him and like man. he really launched like a whole campaign for this man but you know what's crazy about that when i was thinking yesterday is like that video his interview has way more views than like 
huge rappers that right. have done the podcast because right. he's hilarious because like, nobody's a, seen him like that right. really like that you know it's a very unique one-of-a-kind experience when that when you know once somebody's done five million interviews they become a very different guest you know right, when somebody's right. raw and they haven't really like done much on camera yet it can just be super exciting no no doubt Okay, give me a little bit. Take take me back yeah. into your upbringing, how you fell in love with rap, what your childhood was like. Yeah, so I grew up in the Bay Area, and, um, you know, rap music wasn't really a big part of my life until later on. I was in, like, heavy metal bands, punk bands. Like, I got my end of the music by doing, like, local rec center shows. We'd have, like, 250 people. We thought we were rock stars. We thought we were taking over the world. And I have a lot of memories like that from my childhood as well, for yeah. sure. Like when I would be going to these shows and there'd be 40 people packed in an Elks Lodge. Yeah. You oh, definitely yeah. thought that this shit was huge. Yeah, yeah. No, it'd just be like the local church or whatever. And there'd be like seven huge amps plugged in to the point where every 30 seconds the power would shut down in the whole place power would go back on somebody would throw a surfboard out off the stage and literally surf on a board in the audience which led to them just you know landing on the board smacking their face on what, the ground what kind of band were you in though um so all different like it was it was really like if you were part of the scene you were in like four or five bands mm -hmm. like i play bass over here i sing over here i you know it was just kind of like a lot of it was like okay there were the big bands that were like headlining or whatever and then members of all the other bands would form the next band and right. you know we just kind of created as we went but the reality is friday night it's where everyone went that was the scene so it didn't matter what kind of bullshit we were pitching they were going to be there they were going to be watching so right that was fun but um yeah that was like my first into like okay this could go somewhere we'd, we'd want to battle the bands in san francisco like 250 bands we thought we were taking over and uh the reality was nobody really gave a flying fuck after we had a we had a free demo that we recorded and i remember at that time we were like as soon as this demo goes out we're gonna blow and we let it out and like nobody gave a fuck and we're like wow. hey, what nobody cares about this okay back to the drawing board that's that's crazy that reminds me of there used to be this band that i was on tour with a lot when i was like 18 19 and they got a review in a magazine, like their their first EP or whatever got reviewed by this magazine. And I remember going out of my way, going to Barnes & Noble, getting the magazine, going to the review, reading it. And the review was basically like, their anger sounds forced. It's kind of corny and like, like the, the review basically just shit on it and like i'm thinking that this band is the fucking dopest angriest raw shit yeah and this review just basically says like ah, it's super generic and it sounds fake yeah and i was like what the you know you but when you're that young you really believe that the shit that you're doing is like the most important shit that has ever existed oh yeah and there's something to be said about having a fan base that's going to be there regardless and then trying to take what you did and have it work elsewhere and mm. that was like it, it wouldn't work with what I was doing. But when I started doing the, the videos that I did, I realized this can work anywhere. And that mm. was kind of like the, the turning point. It, it, it was something that just kind of came out of the blue. But when it started working, I was like, yeah, this is really going to work wherever I go. We went to, you know, started locally, went to different states. Wait, but so started, what, what, what has yeah. to happen between the end of the band and then you getting interested in oh, making these um, videos? A, a whole lot. I stopped doing music. Um, there was like, you know, I, was, I had a guitar and I would, you know, play it every once in a while. But there was one night um, I, was, I was staying in um, Santa Rosa at this house and um, 
up in the bay, in the North Bay, and there was a ukulele in the garage, and we were drinking one night, and uh, this girl was like, hey, you should play a Snoop Dogg song on that. And I had never really played a ukulele, um, but it's like similar to a guitar I had that year. I played this Snoop Dogg song, and I woke up the next morning. At the, at the time, I had like 150 followers, like nothing going on. Snoop Dogg had posted it, and I was like, oh shit. And I didn't even realize it. I looked at my phone, I was like, what the fuck's wrong with my phone? Like, I had never been viral, I never had anything go on. And, um, you know, it wasn't anything super crazy, but at the time, like, I had never had any experience with that. And I'm getting DMs like, we want to fly you out. And I'm like, what the fuck are they going to fly me out for? A bunch of different shit like that. And I wow, was like, you that's know amazing. Yeah, it was out of nowhere. And um, I thought it was funny. I just, I was just like, this is hilarious. Like, I wasn't like, oh, yeah, this is going to be it. If I run this up, like, I'm going to be able to take off with this. But at the time, it was just like, okay, Snoop posted me. Let me cover it was back when Instagram was 15 seconds. Let me cover as many artists as I like listening to as I can. And so I did the E40, you know, being from the Bay, I'm, I'm locking in with all the, the Bay Area artists um, who I've been listening to growing up. And, um, you know, I, I started getting reposted by everybody. And at the time it was still a joke, but, you know, my following's growing and things are going crazy. Um, well, just, these videos were going up from you just covering their songs yeah, or were so you was, actually meeting up no, with them it yet? Was, it was, it, it, this was before meeting up with them. This was like the, the very beginning figuring out what was going on. Wow. It was literally me sitting in you know, the living room just knocking these out and then somebody would post and a rapper would be like, do my song. And I'm like, all right, here we go. And I'd you know, take the little post-it note, put it on the bottle of tequila, set my phone down put shades on, read all the lyrics, and I'd knock out like 20 a day. It was just like, all right, I'm just doing this weird shit. Didn't know where it was going. Didn't think it was going to turn into anything. And it was like, probably like a couple months into doing it, I went to this show called the Thizzler Jam, and I had been covering all these different artists, Neff the Pharaoh, Mr. Fab, E-40, and um, it was Mr. Fab, and Neff, Neff at the time who had like the biggest song in the Bay, he was headlining it. He saw me, I was in the crowd just like, you know, there to see what was going on. He's like, hey, you got the thing on you. <laughs> I was like, I can go get it. Ran outside, grabbed it. And they pulled me up on stage. And I had like, you know, hardly any following. And this dude, Mr. Fab was hosting it. He's like, man, you're not from the Bay if you don't know who this next act is. He's changed the culture. He's made a huge hit. Like, he's pitching me as if it's like E-40 about to walk on the stage, like something, you know, huge. End. And here I come with the uke, and everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? I just start playing, and the whole crowd's like, yeah, just going nuts. And uh, I remember walking off the stage, and I was drinking that day. I was just fucking around. I remember walking off the stage, and all these artists were like, yo, we got to work. We wow. gotta work. And I'm like laughing, like, how are we gonna work? Like, what is that? Come by the studio, we're gonna figure it out. Come by the studio. There was this one artist, um, Young Gully, he's from Oakland. He's like, Come by the studio, let's 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 lock in, let's do something. I'm like, all right. So I pulled up to East Oakland, in the hood, some home studio, and um recorded some strings. We started doing a song. We went outside and I got right back to my mode. Like I'm like, I got videos to knock out. I just set up anywhere and just start, you know, banging them out. And I started doing this song and I was like, you know what? What if you actually popped in? Like I'll be covering your shit and then halfway through you come in and finish it. Uh. And I remember the day that video went live, it was me starting out and then him coming in and rapping. It was like something snapped. Like Everybody who I'd done videos with was like, pull up on me next, pull up on me next. So that night we did like 15 videos. It was the first time I'd actually done me and the rapper. 
and it was like, you know, Oakland, Vallejo, Richmond, San Jose. And you're just driving around, just... <laughs> yeah, you pull up at each spot for like, what, a half hour, yeah, an hour? Yeah, and then you'd see in the comment section, like, hey, pull up on me next. I'd be like, all right, DM me the address. I'd literally just be going. So it was at the point where I didn't really understand the exclusivity, the importance of, like, mm. keeping it select. But at the time, it was like, it really didn't matter. It was just, you know, it was, it was taken off. And it was like, whoa, my following doubled yesterday. You know, those kind of moments where you're like, yes, something's working, and it really doesn't matter how exclusive this is, where I need to be with it. But it got to the point where just were, like... Were you charging early on? Like early, for the people oh, who no, wanted... Fuck, no, never. Early, okay. oh, no, no. early on, no, no, no. Early on, you know, this was, you know, 10, 20,000 followers kind of early, early on. Um, still, I feel like if you have 10 or 20,000 followers these days and you were doing something like what you're doing, you would still have mad people in the DMs just trying to pay you. Just because now people are used to the idea of like a cameo or right. paying for promo or whatever. Mm -hmm. Maybe when you started, that was like less less obvious. You At just were time, doing it to discredit. I just wanted it. it to catch. Like, mm -hmm. I just wanted it to work. Like, I feel like people will start to try to charge somebody a little too early sometimes and they, they won't allow themselves to blow or they'll... Mm -hmm you know, start doing the ads early on, or, you know, they'll turn the momentum they had into a promo run that can ultimately kind of slow down and take away from the main goal. But early on, it was just, let's knock out as many of these as we can. Let's see how, <laughs> see how it goes. But it got to the point where I plateaued. And I remember it was like <clears throat> around 20,000 followers. I was like, you know, I can't go up with this. This is like where I'm settling in right now. Um, and I was talking to my boy, I'm like, what should I do? Like, this is all the artists that I've wanted to do. I've gotten a video with all the bigger artists. Like, I can't get a hold of right now. They're not reading the DMs, whatever. And he's like, yo, we got to go to Detroit. I'm like, what the fuck are we going to do in Detroit, bro? He's like, no, nah, I'm telling you, we got Icewear, Vezo, Band Gang. We got, he starts mapping out all the Detroit artists. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. They're like close by. It's a nice little area. There's you know, two sides to the city. So you got to worry about the politics a little bit if you're pulling up on specific people. But outside of that, it's like, hey, whoever wants to get involved. So we started reaching out, you know, reached out to 30, 40 artists. Every one of them was ready. I'm mm. like, what the fuck? They actually want to do this. A lot of them knew about what was going on. I remember the first night we touched down, we're like, what are we doing? Like, it's snowing. We'd never been to Detroit. We have no game plan. We're just like, let's see how this works. And we linked up with this artist, Pesh, who was like fresh out of like a five-year bid. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the stew with Vez tonight. You should pull up. I pulled up at the studio and Vezo looked at me. He's like, hey, I know what you do. Come on, let's do it. And that night it was like one of the first Detro Detroit videos to take off. It was the video with Vez. And that blew up. Like, that was one of the biggest videos that I'd had yet. Uh -huh. And that next morning, it was like, we're in Detroit. Every artist in Detroit's like, pull up on me mm. next. Let's do this. I was like, fuck, it's working. We went and linked up with everybody in Bang Gang. We went and linked up with Peasy and uh, Snapdog and, you know, everyone who was in Detroit at the time who was ready to work. Damn, so you knew PZ before he did this most recent bit. I didn't even know about him until Rio you, started you telling me. You know what's me. crazy about PZ? I had like no following and I was doing an interview at Show Magazine. PZ's like, I wanna do a photo shoot with you. I'm like, what you mean? I had never had a photo shoot done. He's like, called over the camera dude, cashed him out like 200 bucks or whatever. He's like, let's do a little shoot. Paid for a photo shoot, me and him just like 
in the lobby, just like posted up with a bottle of Hennessy or whatever, posted all the pics, like with this, like, you know, my brother coming in doing crazy, you know, he was just like cosigning the fuck out of me. And I was like, damn, that's love. Like people don't really do that where in the Bay, they, I'd never really had somebody be like, I want to highlight what you're doing and like appreciate you for just being you like outside of a video. But um, yeah, that was like one of the first cities that really like validated us being able to do this wherever we went. You know? Can you just hear a song and know yeah. how to play it? Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. So there's no prep time or anything. Yeah, most of the stuff is on the spot. I mean, you know, more often than not, like an artist will have a song, and I'm like, let's do like three or four and really figure out what which one it is, because their idea of what might translate well may be close, but oftentimes it's like. You know, we'll plan to do this one, and we'll shoot three other videos, and we'll realize the one we planned on is the worst out of all of them to go mm -hmm. with. But, um, yeah, most of the time it's just pull up, hear it, and go. Does, does it help a ton when the beat has strings in it? Or No, that's actually worse. Really? Yeah, well, because nobody knows what a, what a ukulele is, so they automatically assume I'm playing a guitar. So they'll play a guitar beat, which is a different instrument than a ukulele, like, oh, this is perfect for you to do. I'm like, well, that's a guitar. I can go get a guitar. I've done videos where it's just the guitar, um, which makes a lot more sense if it's a song with a guitar on it than a ukulele, but um, no, everyone always picks a beat with strings on it. And but, like, so the ukulele is better at sort of imitating what part of the beat, the keys or? Um, it really depends. Like more often than not, like I tune my ukulele differently every video. So like I'll hear um, the chord progression or the, the the beat of the song and I'll hear what the lowest note is I'll tune the lowest string on the uke to match that lowest note and then construct the chords around it um, but yeah more often than not I hear the beat and then I tune the uke according to how the beat sounds that's why a lot of ukulele players are like how do you play that one I'm like yo I did some crazy shit with the tuning. Like you're not gonna be able to figure this out. You know? Really? Did you yeah. consider yourself like a extreme, like a very gifted musician prior to no, all this, no, or because no, a lot of the dudes in bands and stuff, it's yeah. like they would willingly admit, like I, I'm in a metal band, I'm in a hardcore band, but I'm yeah. not saying I'm great at this. I can just play these songs. Yeah. You know? No, it was never about me being this like amazing musician. And I always thought that was so funny because there'd be like these hardcore shredders who've just like mastered sweet picking and they're like, you can't play for shit. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Isn't this crazy? <laughs> like, fuck you, bro. <laughs> like, wow, I don't know what so to funny. tell you. Like, it's working out. How's what you're doing going? Oh, nobody cares. Because that's the thing. Some of the most talented musicians in the world just play the craziest shit that if you're another string player you appreciate but the mainstream is not trying to sit there and listen to somebody just shred for hours right you know just there's no it's like that with so many things because like you know i know a lot of the bmx riders who are like the best in the world like they're yeah. absolutely incredible they can do the most technical things ever and then like who are the dudes going viral it'll be like a lot of times like some guy on a mountain bike who's just doing a crazy wheelie down the street right because the audience has to be able to relate to it in some way and if you're doing a bar spin to over crank arm to 180 bar spin i mean nobody even knows what the fuck i just said so right. i mean that's yeah, like yeah, very yeah. very hard to wrap your head around whereas right. i think that's what's cool about your shit is it sort of breaks down like playing an instrument into a setting where people like a lot of rap fans have never thought about picking up an instrument so right. it is a very unique take right 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 yeah no it's definitely definitely a different spin on it and i think it's familiar enough but unique enough that people are like what the fuck is that little thing like they'll remember it i was just playing a guitar i don't know if it would have had the same kick or appeal i feel like there's a lot of 
guitar and music, but a ukulele with rap is just kind of like, wait, what? Yeah. You remember it, you know, that little guitar, even if you don't know what it's called, bro, with the little, uh, yep, you know who it is. Yeah, and I feel like you, people know your name now, mm -hmm. but probably for a long time, you were the guy with the little ukulele. Just beautiful. I prefer that. <laughs> really? I hate the fame shit. Really? See, you got tattoos, you're recognized in public, you can't eat There's a no meal way around and it. shit. I look like Jimmy. I'm just, you know, no tattoos, no chains, I'm not doing the designer shit. So if you recognize me, you really know. Like, I was at the chicken spot the other night. I had a mask on. I was with a friend. She's like, they're going to know who you are. I'm like, fuck no, they're not. This kid comes up. Bro, are you Einer Boss? Like, no fucking way. This guy, right? I'm like, all right. And as soon as they do know, I know he knows everything about what I got going on. If he's going to recognize me without it on me, without, you know, mm. I'm like, he's like, yeah, bro. You know, I'll just listen to them tell me all about what they know. And right. that's cool to me. But the whole, like, you know dealing with mass amounts of people harassing you on a daily basis i deal with a little bit of it like yeah if you go to like rolling loud or some you shit know, if you go to like, yeah oh rolling loud's a nightmare for me my really? dumb ass went to the first rolling loud with the uke on me Ooh. hey hey pulling out the phone holding it up to me i hey, just play it real quick i'm like get the fuck away from oh me oh my god because every rapper brings four friends who also are secretly rappers little yes. did you know facts <laughs> everyone facts. is a rapper and they all i'm sure you deal with that shit all the time Oh yeah. All four need the interview next. Yeah, that's a, that. And they're pressing you on the spot. That used to be a weird one back in yeah. the day, especially well, right? because you were accessible. That oh, was yeah, the way thing. too accessible. I at was that looking store. at you like, how the fuck has he stayed in the same spot for so damn long? Because I don't even like being around people. I don't even pull up to the studio. Like what I do is turn me so antisocial. Because yeah. I know the second I walk in, hey, let me get mine. Every single artist thinks. They deserve the no jumper interview. They deserve the video. They, you know, once it becomes a little too transparent that you are a walking, talking clout opportunity for people, it's your fucked. life can get kind of unpleasant fucked. at a certain point. Yeah. No, it's fucked, and that's you know, uh, kind of where I'm finding myself now is like, of course, everyone wants a video. I'm doing the production thing now, and like, there are artists who, you know, I'm I haven't posted a video for four months. I'm like, I noticed that. Yeah, we just went number one. Like, unless it's something that's like up here i don't want to keep doing this whole like you get a vid you get a vid you get a vid you know it's just like let's let's do the stuff that matters the last vid we did ended up turning into a song that went number one how about we just do that with all the next ones like i i'm, I'm more on the mindset that like i've done my you know three four years of knocking out videos with everyone who feels like they're deserving if you want a video there's the business line for that if you want to work, you get in the studio. I don't care if you're up and coming. I don't care if you're huge. Like I'm, I'm working with anybody who's ready to lock in in the studio right now. Definitely, because you have to know your worth. Because other people are gonna base their judgment on what you're worth based on like how they see you treating yourself. And like a good example is Cole Bennett. Like mm -hmm. Cole, there's like a lot of other people who were doing videos at the time that he was sort of coming up doing videos. And a lot of those people probably made a lot of money from just doing a shitload of videos here and there. And there's probably a lot of those guys who could say at the end of the week, hey, I shot 20 fucking videos this week for a thousand bucks each. I made $20,000 this week so nobody can tell me shit. Right. And I relate to that and I understand for sure. Like, I respect that. But then you look at what Cole built with Lyrical Lemonade by just being really, really choosy and yeah. not going for every right. quick buck. Right. And that's pretty incredible. And like the, the trajectory of his career as a result makes you view him as an 
that shit has a ton of value. If someone's going to pay for a video from him, it should be a fuckload of money because right. he's kept the level of quality so high, you know? And not only that, but just launched people who nobody's ever heard of. So many artists that people don't even register that he mm -hmm. started, literally birthed. Um, and, you know, I had, I had a good amount of that, too, where people are like, you're the reason such and such. I'm like, great. Let's keep that going. If that's how you feel, I'm not in here to claim, like, I started this or, you know, anything like that. But, um, you know, you've, you've had it, too, where you do an interview with somebody and you're literally the reason that they have any presence anywhere because you just launched their personality, launched them to the world. And all of a sudden, the next week, you see them with him and you're sitting there like, well, yeah, yeah that was it's a, it's a weird feeling, though, too, because it's like I can put them on a stage where people can see them and recognize them and all of a sudden real quick start to latch onto their talent but it's like then people get the idea that this can be reverse engineered so because i had this rapper on the podcast and he blew up that means that any old person oh, can come on the podcast yeah, and they're yeah, gonna yeah, blow yeah. up it's like no yeah. that was the guy like yeah. i i yeah. think about how many interviews i did back in the day that never went anywhere right that got ten thousand views and nobody has thought about it nobody since. remembers them so yeah. they remember the ones that went up and then you know i was doing the same thing like i remember coming down to la and you know early on it was like hey if you do a video with him him and other bro we'll get you with such and such and i'm like oh great let's it of course you never get the video with whoever it is you got a bunch of bullshit on the page and then you know you get the video that matters and nobody even remembers any of the other ones and mm. you know you can archive them or just leave them it's still gonna you know, were you going out of your way to get into the production game or how did that come so, about yeah that was actually um just as i was doing the videos i had a um a, a producer uh in in the bay he's actually from sac named june on a beat i don't know if you're familiar oh, yeah. with him he was doing a lot of the um the mozzie stuff and he had hit me like yo come to the studio and i'm like what the fuck are we gonna do with the studio he's like just pull up pull up on me in sack i had a um had a buddy who had a house like right down the block from him on the river i had a guest room like it was a perfect party house to just do whatever at and uh i went out to sack and i started working with him and just he's like, yeah, you, you play the big one, like the guitar? Yeah, 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 okay. Lay down some licks. Started laying down guitar licks. And made it into a beat right on the spot. He's like, there's this artist named Mozzie coming over right now. I'm like, okay, I don't know who that is. This was like before blah da before he even came up. Mm. This guy walks in with the ankle monitor on, matted dress. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Who is Wait, it? Mozzie <laughs> is pretty clean cut now, but people forget that when he was a real, real lean sipper, yeah. his demeanor was very different. I was so confused because I was like, he's the artist? And then we ended up cutting songs on the spot. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. He's saying things I've never even heard of. Like, he's got his own lingo, all this shit. And it was like a month later, like, the song Blotted had dropped. And people were like, you know who this is? I'm like, actually, I got some songs with him. And then, like, that dropped. The next song is dropped. And I'm like, you know, it's my first million views on production. Um, I had a couple more drop uh, just from that, you know, few set of sessions that I had. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do my own album. Like, I don't know how any of this works, but I'm about to figure it out. Because I'd be sending beats out, and I'm like, okay, they're ignoring these. Like, I'm going to just put together my own shit, because I know I'm going to drop it. So I just got, like, you know, 54 features, just a ridiculous amount of features. Like, 18 songs, put, like, five people on each song, produced all the beats on it, 
dropped the album before anybody was ready to receive an album from me. But I, it was just like, I'm going to do this for me to right. show that it's a bigger thing than just these videos. That's dope, though. But that sounds like so much fucking work, like putting yeah, those songs crazy. together individually. Like, uh, I, yeah, I don't fucked. think I could do that. It's I don't, fucked. It must have been insane. It's fucked. Um, no, I was, I, was, I was hosting, actually. I was, I, was, I was the guy who was, like, hyping up acts at, at shows, like, at a, at a show in Chico. I, Y'all ready for? And I'd read this list of like, you know, shit artists that I didn't even know were paying for. So you started getting booked for that kind of stuff yeah, early just on like too. Whatever the fuck I could, you know, I was trying to, you know, figure out a financial way to stay in the game, do what I was doing. And um, I had this this guy come up to me. He was taking pictures of me, and he's like, "What's good, bro? My name's Scotty. I'm from the Bay. Um, I saw you got an album coming out, and I'm like, How the fuck did you see that? He's like, No, I'm a big fan of what you're doing. Like, I'm like. For real, okay. I got this studio. If you wanna, if you wanna record the whole album at my studio, like it's all good. You can bring artists over. I can mix and master it. And at the time, I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, okay, mix and master. Sure, it sounds like it's important. Sounds like something I should do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this guy knows it's it's important. He's like, I also shoot music videos. And um, at the time, I had like one of the biggest studios in the Bay recording my album for free. But after a while, they're like, well, we have paying clients and like, you know fuck you basically yeah. like go to so i hit up i hit up uh the guy i was like yo let's do this album he's like yeah i got you and helped me put it together he was recording me playing strings every weekend um i go over to the studio and just crash out over there got the album done and then um started getting other placements and was just like so comfortable recording strings over there and knocking shit down with him when it really started working, I was like, yo, we gotta get out of here. Let's go to LA. Like, there's nothing for us in the Bay. He's like, I'm ready. Let's go. So picked up everything and, and uh decided we'd hit up LA and see what see what it had to offer. Wow. There is kind of like a freeness uh or a freedom to when you're that early in your career though, right? Like I'm picturing you sort of like just hosting shows and like all these things that like probably just wouldn't make sense to you at this point oh, in terms yeah, of how much your time is worth. But yeah. it, it is kind of fun when you're in that stage where yeah. like, you know, I used to get booked to, you know, go host a show for 500 bucks. And it's like, that's what I'm doing that night. And maybe, yeah. I, maybe I can make a vlog while I'm doing it and right. fucking make a little bit more money. And then all of a sudden your career gets to a certain point where it's like, some of these things just don't really make that much sense for yeah. me to be putting time into. I had a deal with Target and I was still doing like, Two hundred dollar hosting gigs. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing doing this? Target. It, it, yeah, I don't know where. When did that come about? Yeah, that was that was like um, one of those out of the blue opportunities came through the email, and we're like, nah, this isn't true. And sure enough, it ended up being a real thing. But that was like right around the time before I moved to LA. We were, you know, just doing what we were doing in the Bay, and um, yeah, I ended up picking that that deal up the beauty of it was we didn't even have to post anything they just wanted us to create content so it was for like, their socials yeah yeah, oh, wow. yeah yeah um but yeah that was like oh shit there's a real bag here like maybe we can keep doing stuff like this but before then I, there was like no site that these things existed so i'm just doing the grunt work and doing whatever i can to get up but um yeah no it seems like a whole nother lifetime did you have to go out of your way to like learn how to be better at playing the ukulele? Was that or is that something that just sort of clicked into place for you? You didn't like study it at some point? Nah, I've never even studied it. I mean, you know, studied it in my own way um, as pertains to me. But like reading sheet music, that's never gonna apply. Yeah. Knowing how to play like full ukulele songs, that's never gonna. You know, I just need to make sure I know how to 
translate any song on the uke and just pretty much the act of doing it i got better at it and I've never really thought like, oh, I gotta go practice. Right. It is pretty crazy when I think about it because it's like I've seen your career through all these different like levels basically. And along the way, I feel like even you would probably have to admit that if somebody like doubted that your stuff was gonna be big, that you would have understood that they had that perspective. Oh yeah. But it's pretty crazy how you just keep sort of like taking it to a different level and like with the Polo G song and shit, that was just kind of like, fuck, like this guy really is not trying to let anything get in his way, huh? Yeah, I mean, I had had done songs that had, you know, gotten plaques and turned into something, but what I realized is I don't think my fan base even knows what a producer does. Mm. It's kind of like, this is a unique niche. And I think if you say producer, somebody's thinking, that's the guy who makes movies or that's the guy who puts together Hollywood sets or, you know, they're not thinking, Oh, this is, that means he makes the beats. But for the polo song, it was like, you've seen the video. Now you see me doing the same thing in the song. Mm. It's a, it's a direct translation for my fan base. And now I'm getting like, you're my favorite producer. I'm like, wow, (laughs) it only took this long for them to realize that's what I'm actually doing. Are you trying to do more, in the making of the beat as oh, well. Oh yeah, absolutely. So that's, you're trying to make the entire track. From- yeah, yeah. I've been I've been doing it, um, and that you know that's where I'm at right now is like just continuously getting these placements and uh, running it up. You know, I've I've been doing a lot of work with the production stuff that, you know, it doesn't go viral. So nobody really cares mm-hmm. if you were on track number seven on this album or whatever. But, um, you know, number one's number one. So that made a real impact and, you know, a statement. Right now, I'm like, yo. Unless it's a video that's like makes way too much sense not to do, um, I'm I'm not really interested too much in that. Well, you know, I'm flying to New York to go do videos right after this. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know who I never thought to compare you to, but I think it makes a shitload of sense. And I saw you actually worked with him recently. Is Travis Barker? Oh yeah. You know what's crazy about Travis is like before we even worked, he had hit me up like, hey, if you need anything, like I got. He's kind of been like the rap gang uncle. Just like anything you need along the way, like you definitely up, will send those those branches out to people f- from time to time. Yeah. I'm just like letting them know, like, yo, I fuck with what you're doing. And yeah. it's like from him, that just means so oh, much, right? Blink 182 was my life, like you know, starting out. So it was like, you know, to link with him and Lil Wayne, it was just I'm just sitting there like, what the fuck, like, and to have Lil Wayne be like, yeah, man, like you're crazy. What you? He turned to me and he's like, people like us drive the culture forward. We don't take from it. We add to it. Most of these other people, they take from it. But you and I, we're going to be around for a long time. I'm like, the fact that this man's even putting me in the same, like, in the us. <laughs> like, like people like us, fuck? like, oh, damn. Like, my mind. That's and, pretty cool. And what's crazy about that is, like, you know, we post the video and people are like, man, Wayne fell off. And da-da. I'm sitting there like, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even know how to please anyone at this point. Like, I had a Lil Wayne CD in 1998. People don't understand how big of a deal this man was. Yeah. I think it was, like, the last year, the biggest album debuted at like 400 500,000 first week sale when Wayne dropped it was like 975,000 first week sale or something ridiculous like mm. that and it wasn't even in the streaming era like this man did such a significant thing with his music that's like even now during the streaming era people 
who are having the most successful projects aren't even getting half of what he did. Mm. To explain that to people who weren't around during the Wayne era, who didn't get it, is just like, all right, and we'll just let them assume whatever they it's want. It's like, I don't need you to compare Lil Wayne to like Lil Baby. Like, yeah. they're clearly at very different places right. in their career. The fact that Wayne can drop an album and still do as well as he does, and the fact that he, you know, is still doing it is just that in itself. You should show him love and not even consider disrespecting him by saying he fell off or whatever. Yeah. The same thing as a Jay-Z. Yeah, Jay-Z right. doesn't sell as many records as Lil Uzi Vert, but that's okay. Like, it's yeah. not, yeah. you do not need to compare these two. Yeah, let's see what they're doing in 15 more years. Exactly, you know, the fact right. That it's several decades is just, like, mind-blowing for anybody. I mean, you think about the trajectory of rappers, like people that you've interviewed who you don't even hear a thing about and it's been what a year yeah. maybe two years and they're just like not even a mention and they were so big at that moment and everyone's oh they're the next da -da, you know whatever right. it is and then they're gone it's like for somebody to actually not only make their mark but continuously over decades drop music that actually you know shakes the industry is insane to me yeah because i mean like Travis is someone who can just lend his drumming to any given rap song and just completely change the feel of it. And also there's like a marketing angle where some people are going to check it out just because of the fact that Travis is associated with it. Right. And I feel like best case scenario is that you kind of have a similar power or like a similar ability. And that actually makes me wonder, like what other like instruments could somebody kind of become like the signature guy who does that instrument and is a part of hip-hop because rap was kind of like based on not involving live instruments right. a lot of people still to this day will be like annoyed when they see a, a, a rapper perform on saturday night live and they have a live band or whatever it's just to a lot of people that's like not hip-hop but i mean you see it over and over and over where people are able to sort of carve out a lane for themselves of of representing that instrument right the biggest thing for me is like how can i create something that'll that'll stay if you would have told me you know four years ago that i was going to still be doing this and get to the point where i had the number one song and get to the point where i'm still linking with whoever i wanted to link with i'd say you're crazy like there's no way that's going to last that long but it's just figuring out the formula and figuring out what it takes not just to be viral for that moment but to maintain that and to not you know a lot of these people go way up in like a week and most of these guys who you see just crazy viral out of nowhere it's the same way down you know they just jump up to this huge spot my shit's been gradual mm. I'm going up i'm going up it's never like yo he's taking over he's going crazy it's just been like oh yeah oh there he is again oh there he is again like you're gonna see it. You're gonna continuously see it, whether you want to or not. It's not gonna be every single day. It's not, you know, some people burn themselves out on doing this shit. They're just like, I need something every single moment. And it's just like, you know, played out at a certain point. So figuring out the formula to just keep it around for a long time, and, you know, doing what you've been doing. Definitely, but so now you're like permanently attached to Polo G in the public's perception because uh, of the I? fact that <laughs> I think so. Like yeah. I'm in my head, I'm like, oh fuck, they must have a really tight bond or something. Would you say that you had like a particular connection with him, or is oh, that yeah, just the nah, song I mean, that worked out? Yo, I had Barreline hit me up and showed me who Polo G was, like when he had like 40k followers, and she's like, he said he really wants to link with you. I started listening to his music and I'm like, I don't give a fuck how many followers he has. I'm doing this. I like, you know, told the team like, hey, this one might not really 
you know, meet the standards that we're looking for, but I believe in this guy, like, this is gonna go crazy. And we did our first video. I remember reaching out to, like, anybody I had at the time. I'm like, yo, I believe in this kid, World Star. World Star posted it. I got it on, you know, wherever else it was, but it made it such a thing that was like, they weren't really posting artists who weren't known at the time. Like, everyone waits, you know, till it's an artist who's extremely popular to really show that love to. And I hadn't really had anyone who was on the come up posted everywhere, but Polo was one of the first videos that like ended up getting posted by a bunch of people. And everyone's like, yo, you gotta link with him again. You gotta link with him again. It was like, it just clicked, it made sense. And, and we'd been doing videos for so long. It's like, every time something's rolling out, you know, we got like 15, 20 videos in the cut, whether we posted them or not, but we've, you know, been doing this for so long. So for the fact that that's the you know record that ended up going number one. That was something that I started with believing in it before it was cool to believe in. Before it was you know he was somebody and you know I look I look at his situation like I view him as the same person I met him as. I'm not like mm -hmm. yo he's this huge like superstar. I'm just like you know this is the same person. I, I remember looking the other day. I'm like what is it eight million followers? <laughs> like, is it it's really? Mind -blowing. Yeah. Oh my god, like, that's insane crazy well it's, a, it's like some of the people that you come up with you don't even register what their growth is and what their you know value is to everyone and like just thinking about it thinking about how many artists that we know who haven't had a number one hit and it ends up being his number one hit before you know so many other artists it's, it's crazy to me definitely um so can you explain how this happened to me that the song was originally on what a murder beats beat and then you put strings over it or how, how did this no, actually play? so i don't really know the details on that um we did our video and we had done it was like right when polo was rolling out the goat we had done a, sh a bunch of content for the goat huh. and uh at the end of the day it was like winding down he had just done like gq a bunch of other shit at the house it was like on some quarantine shit mm. um i was playing this melody and polo's like oh yeah that'll work and a lot of the time I'll just play a melody and he'll just go with it. So I was playing this melody and he's like, oh yeah, this is crazy. We shot the video and it went out of here. It was just like, everybody wanted it. It went viral on TikTok. I was getting harassed about it every single day. And he hit me and he's like, yo, we gotta turn this into a song. I want you to do exactly what you did in that video, turn it into a beat, let's go crazy. So the song dropped, it went number one, like two weeks passed. And then we find out about that. Like nothing was even brought up and then there was a post made about it. Um, so I guess he had, he had writing credits on it or something like that. But as far as the production of the beat, uh, that was me and my boy Cinco had, had been the ones who produced that. Okay, so was you think Murder was confused or was there like an earlier version of the song over the so, over beat I, that he you, had? You probably know more about it than I do. I heard there's a bunch of different theories on it. I, I don't know. I, I actually it, just thought of it while we were doing the interview, and I'm like, oh, I wish I had researched that particular issue. I don't know if he said anything about it, but I, I saw that he had posted that he had writing credit on it, and uh, hey, shout out Murda. Right. See, this is what happens when these Chicago rappers start letting white people get involved. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, more power to everybody, you know? It's the number one record. Um, you know, there's no reason not to celebrate it. Um, you don't want it to turn into something that, you know, weird vibes are on. And, right. You know, it's, it's nothing but good vibes for me. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think we'll hear more about what's going on with that. But as far as I'm concerned, 
take a look at the credits, go to the producer section, you're going to see two names. It's me and my boy Cinco. So for sure. big number one for us. Hopefully uh, more to come. That must open up your world of people wanting to work with you or people willing to do like actual beats with like get actual beats from you in production have you evolve like that oh yeah having a number one song like i mean your shit was already pretty popular but that must just open shit up so much where so many more people are like okay yeah like yeah, i want no, some great. of that special sauce i mean it, yeah it's just like people only hit you up for one reason and you get sick of even responding at a certain point because it's like yep i know why you're hitting me up right now they're like yo let me get beats and i'm like wait what you only want beats like Yep, got you. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, you're an up-and-coming artist and you're not hitting me up about a video? Let's get in the studio. Right. You know, I'm, I'm ready to work. I'll knock out eight songs with an up-and-coming artist. And my goal right now is like, okay, we got the number one with an artist that people do know about. Let's get an artist people don't know about launched this year. You know, a lot of mm. the, the greats to do this have built up with an artist and really launched their first hit. So my focus is just to help craft different artist sounds right now. Um, you know, get some of these artists' first hits and really, you know, have them make their mark and then, you know, tie in the videos however it makes sense. But just move more methodically with it, not not just do videos for the sake of doing videos. Oh, he's hot, let's do a video. You know, that, that was kind of the the flow with it before, but now it's like, okay, if there's something more going on, if we, if we have, you know, four or five songs together, okay, yeah, we can do a video. But, um, you know, I don't want people to think like, oh, if we just do songs, he's going to do a video for it. I don't want there to be this, like, all I have to do is a song with him and I got a video kind of mindset. Like I want to work with the people who are actually trying to work and get a song out. And if the video happens to come up, you know, we'll figure it out. But, um, yeah, no, the, the opportunity is insane. And, um, I'm just super humbled by it. So many people reaching out so many people who I've been wanting to work with, just ready to work. Um, so I look at it like I ended up getting my first platinum plaque and I kind of just kicked back. I was like, okay, we did it. <laughs> And I realized what I needed to do was get back in there, just grind 10 times harder because now I have the opportunity. This time, we're not kicking back, mm. working. I'm going to assume that the production credits, uh, that the bag from that, uh, from a number one song, just having production credits, that that's probably like a bigger bag than you've ever experienced in your life, like a life-changing yeah, situation. You know, I'm not even thinking about that. You know, I've been financially free doing what I'm doing, um, living by what I need to live by uh, for so long. I'm I'm more just looking at, you know, that'll come and it, and, it, and it comes down the road. The pub money, you know, rotates in. But I'm just looking at, you know, getting the next points on the board and having the next songs drop and, you know, being part of having something drop every Friday rather than like, I can't wait for this one song to drop. I feel like a lot of people will have this one song that they think is going to come out. I remember my first experience with that. I had I had Nipsey call me into the studio. Whoa, I didn't realize like, that. And he was like, yo, I love what you're doing. Let's do an actual song. And I was like, no way. He wants to do a song and not a video? That's crazy. We did this whole song. He had me record the uke into the mic. We're in the main room at Paramount. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, holy shit. Like, how did this even happen? He found a video online and then found my number, called me, told me to come to the studio turned around and he's got the track list for um marathon right and i remember he erases number six and he writes that song wow really? i was like yo i'm on nipsey shit you took a song off the album <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> i went and told everybody i'm like yo fuck what y'all are talking about i got a song on nipsey shit da, 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 da. i was going off about it lo and behold the track list drops your boy was not on it and i was oh. sitting there like my homies are like, yo, which one did you do? I'm like, 
yeah, I'm not talking about shit anymore. <laughs> yeah, in the music game for sure, that's a lesson that you learn because yeah. you'll be like, I got a feature. Well, how many rappers have we seen say they got a feature with Drake? And yeah. We never heard the feature with Drake. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I got a, 150 songs that'll never drop. It's just, you know, a lot of this is just doing as many as you can and seeing what sticks and, uh, you know, not not being stuck in any individual thing, but just focusing on the process, not worrying about, oh, if this one drops, things are going to change. Like, okay, if this one drops, things are going to change, but I have this and this and this to do mm. every day to make sure that I have one dropping over here, one dropping over here, one dropping over here, keep the ball rolling. Is your ideal situation just being locked in the studio every night? Is that kind of how you've structured most of your nights now? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I got the, got the studio at the crib, so I don't have to do the whole... You know, right. shuffle where I pull up at the session and they're like, hey, where's the I'm like, ah, oh, <laughs> I see what you wanted me to get here for. So, right. Um, Having your own environment, you can kind of invite yeah, people in. Yeah, to, yeah. You know. you know, I've been flying out different producers that I'm working with. Got my boy Chef over here. Okay. I told him he, he gets his return flight once we go platinum. So <laughs> having him locked down, we just been buckling down, knocking shit out. Um, and yeah, like really just building the team up um, and, and, and buckling down. You know, focusing on what's important, focusing on what's right here in front of us, not worrying about too much of the extra shit going on because it's real easy to get caught up in the bullshit of this. You just got to, you know, focus on what's what's beneficial right in front of you, I feel like. Right. Do you ever get caught up in the bullshit? Like, is there ever, you know, like you're probably working with artists who don't like each other? Or Oh, yeah. I mean, I hate that. The politics about this shit, you've been involved in it too, where it's like yeah. you interview somebody who somebody else didn't like and like yeah it's 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 definitely gotten in the way of what i do and um you know what's so crazy is like even overseas that happens like we went to london we went to italy and we were linking with people and i linked with this artist in london and i had the biggest artist in london come drive 45 minutes to basically explain to me why he couldn't do a video with me because i had done somebody else first wow i'm like all right i don't know why you came all the way here to just tell me that but you know, somebody who was an op or somebody who was, you know, not on the same level as him and is, a, you know, weird ego rapper bullshit. But wow. um, it doesn't matter if it's a different country. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, the same city. Like the, uh, a rapper's ego is, is a crazy <laughs> thing to play with. And if, if you end up just going in and not doing your research and picking a side before you started, you realize, oh, now I can't link with all these people or maybe one of them will link and they don't care about it but mm. it's kind of break i notice you do a lot of the both side shit and say hey i try I'm and when playing this game every, every time i do like that's one thing that i feel is like a sign that things are going well is like if i can interview someone and then interview somebody a month later that does not get along with them at all and they both like mutually respect and understand that this is just what I do and that I don't give a fuck do about Do you find that the month is necessary, the time in between is necessary? Sometimes. Like, yeah. Sometimes cuz back to back can be a little weird. Yeah, I've done a couple <laughs> back to backers and actually had it work. I've also done the back to backers where it fucked up both of them and I'm like, "All right, well, none of these are going to drop and uh maybe I'll link with one of the two people further down the road and and have it working out, but yeah, that's, you know, that's one of those things that as much as you say you don't play into, mm. if you're in this game and you're linking up with different people, like you, you get involved in the politics whether you want to or not at a certain point. Because if you're a rapper, 
in a lot of cities in America, if you're a rapper, you just really basically have to choose a side. You can be mm-hmm. affiliated with this side. It's like that in Sacramento. It's like that in Chicago. And the, the, there really like is not a lot of room for you to go and, and be cool with both sides. Mm-hmm. You'd think that like because you're not rapping and you're just playing an instrument and, let's be honest, because you're white, mm-hmm. that there's going to be like a, a certain degree of leniency where they're not going to... And I think same thing with me. Well, if I was a street dude and it was me doing interviews, mm-hmm. then a lot of the shit that I do would just wouldn't fly because I think that people would expect me to sort of play favorites in a different way, you know? No, nah, absolutely. I think um, producers... They don't see the artist face to face. They're just sending beats from a computer. So you'll see it's true. on their pages, they're doing both sides and it doesn't matter. But for me, being next to the artist, having more of a relationship, knowing them personally, having, you know, been in their house, met their families, eaten dinner <laughs> with their parents, you know, had the actual connection. Um, you pick up a little more of that, like, and um, then you go do a song with somebody who shot their brother. Yeah, and they're like, "Whoops, this is not cool. Like, we yeah. we just can't accept this. This is not gonna work out." You yeah, know? yeah. So I'm, you know, constantly skating that line. But you know, the more I look into it, it's like, okay, is any one of these people gonna inherit my beefs? Are any one of these artists that I'm linking with gonna not fuck with such and such? No, right. nobody's stopping shit. So they want to claim you like you're the hot girl, right? It's like at a certain point, mm. if this is what makes sense, pause, pause, pause. <laughs> My yeah. own staff is laughing at me here, <laughs> but yeah, it's like you know, at a certain point, you got to just say, This is what makes sense business wise for me. Uh, if somebody's so upset by it that we can't ever work again, that's crazy, but it is what it is. Um, but if I'm doing it, it's something that made sense business-wise. And most people who are in this game and here to stay and have had several years, they don't let these things mm. fuck them up because at a certain point, you're linking with people who are linking with your enemies all the time. Like, it's a small pocket. And, like, you did a song with such and such, but he did a song with your enemy. Does that mean you can't do a song with him? If you're in that mindset of, like, I can't work with him, 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 and him, the career is, you know, unless you're just doing something insane, like, your inability to work with half of the industry based on your own problems with them usually doesn't allow you to remain, you know. My perspective on it, though, is at the end of the day, you might not like this guy, like, you know, speaking hypothetically to like a guy who's on one side of beef, you might not like this other guy, but at the end of the day, I need you to accept that I'm trying to let a young man who's coming up in the struggle, who realistically probably hasn't had a whole lot of economic uh, good fortunes in their family's history, I'm trying to give him a chance to talk about his life and presumably like promote his music and make money off it and get booked for shows and have some artists see him i'm trying to help move along whatever the fuck he's doing if you can't respect that just because you have a a street beef with him if you can't accept that i'm on the outside of that and that i'm just trying to help somebody out with their career and make some content along the way then i don't need to be cool with you and that's just realistically how it is but there's also other options like or, or situations where like Let's say that there's a really popular rapper and then they have a op who's not a really popular rapper, but I know I can get fucking millions and millions of views if I interview the guy on the other side of it. Sometimes you got to say no to that because 
I don't want to necessarily be the guy ma- making this guy famous. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's not huge yet and he's going to come on here and talk about that beef in extreme language, whatever. I mean, sometimes you just don't really want to be playing into that either. You yeah, know? and then, you know, that gets all the, I mean, the Fed's comments and all the bullshit you got to put up with. Like, look at Adam trying yeah. to, rather than reality, you're just trying to have a chit-chat. And then what it turned into was, you know, he's playing sides or he's... Mm whatever they're gonna say but what's the sketchiest situation you found yourself in doing this because <laughs> i'm know, sure it's yeah, gotten oh, weird yeah no shit's been well i came up off of like pulling into a city and going straight to the hood and linking with like the street artists like now i'm you know linking with artists who come out to la and mm. and it's like that but we would do um you know we did detroit and we did baton rouge louisiana and that was crazy going into sherwood and seeing like i'm the only white guy around everyone's got you know hundred rounds on their shoulder just hanging out on the lawn. I'm like, oh, I need shit. to go to more of the places where you're allowed to just display your firearm on the block because <laughs> that sounds crazy. Fucking ESTG was just telling me about how wild that shit was yeah. or how it is like where he grew up and everything. Yeah, I, I think the craziest, like we've been in a lot of like really dicey kind of situations. But I think the craziest for me was uh, going to Baltimore. Mm. He had done a video like, like literally the closest thing to a zombie apocalypse I think I've ever seen like extreme poverty and 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 you know you pull up at the stoplight and you have somebody literally clawing at your car trying to get in like just in the middle of like you know one in the morning well we did a video in the hood I, we didn't even know where we were which was probably not the best decision at the time I got my buddy who's you know from Huntington Beach, never been on the road. He's just, yeah, I'll come with you and shoot videos, whatever. We rented a uh, Challenger. We, were, we, had, we had gone from New York to through Jersey and Philly down to Baltimore. We were going to D.C., and um, we were linking up with this artist, uh, Moose, Boosie's artist. Mm. And we went into the hood and shot this video and you know, did the classic like photo shoot in the hood with everybody. I can't come in, all the people come out, get the flick with me, whatever. And they're like, all right, we're gonna go. Like, you know, you guys can do your thing. We didn't realize where we were. And it, you look around, it doesn't look like anything's going on, but um, they left. We're sitting in the car, got the GPS out. We're trying to figure out like how to go to the next spot. We look up and there's this car that pulled up in front of us. <laughs> this guy hops out, get the fuck out of the car. My boy, who's driving, sees that and just starts flooring it. Guy hops back in the car, starts chasing us. So we're like in the middle of the hood. This guy swerves around him, almost hits the guy who's got a gun out, telling us to get out of the car. They're chasing behind us. He's going like 90, running red lights, like burning. You know, we had a we had a pretty fast car, so they didn't end up catching up to us. But um, I looked up and I'm like, yo, we're gonna die. Like this dude is like, you take a look at him, you're like. He doesn't care. Like, he's going to shoot us. Like, what we, the fuck? Yeah, so we, we hopped in the car and started going. And my boy was so sick. He's like, what the fuck? Bro, I'm never doing this shit again. Da, da, da. <laughs> he's running red lights. He's, he's burning out. We, we didn't slow down for, like, 15 miles. I'm like, bro, I don't think he's behind us anymore. So I'm not fucking stopping. We need to get the fuck out of Baltimore. But, um, yeah, situations like that have happened a lot, just kind of coming up. And I find more often than not, it's like, okay, why the fuck are you in the hood? If you're there and you're linking up with the person who's there and they see you and everyone else knows you're connected with them, it's all good. Yeah. You don't just go into the hood and hang out and think shit's sweet. Yeah. And like any situation that has been like that has been us like hanging around for too long afterwards mm. or something like that. But 
That's how I always feel is like when I do vlogs where I go to somebody's hood, I'm pulling up and I'm not like I'm pulling up with my guys and I'm not getting out of the car until I'm with the people that I'm supposed to be with. And I'm not going there unless I feel very confident that the people I'm linking up with have seniority and rank in that area. Like so that because you just don't want somebody coming along and basically like telling them how it is. It's like, no, I need to be with the people who are calling the shots here. And then. I'm not trying to hang out for too long. We can kick it for a couple hours, whatever. But as soon as, and I hate, it sucks too because I will tell my crew, everybody I'm with, I'm like, listen, no Snapchat. Film the video on your phone, save it. Don't put it on your story. I don't want people knowing that we're here until as late as possible. And then inevitably, like, hella people you don't even know will start Snapchatting you right away. And you can't just be like, yo, you're all, all of you, don't post that. Like, that just kind of happens. But, yeah, I I just try to, like, get in, get out just because you realize how much attention you're bringing to that area by being there. And you just just have to be respectful of that because realistically, like, if the block gets shot up because you're there. Yeah. That's kind of on you, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah. You know, like, it's, yeah. if the block gets shut up, there's a pretty good chance that somebody besides you is going to get hit. Yeah. And if it's because you're there, that's not really a great position to be in, you know? Yeah, I remember pulling up in Sherwood, and we were linking up with Sherwood Marty. He's like, oh, yeah, just mm. pull up over here. I didn't know what the fuck Sherwood was. I thought it was, like, just a random street. I didn't realize it was, like, where cops won't even go. Like, mm. just this, like, own sub area of Baton Rouge. And getting out there and not knowing where Marty was, but he's like, yeah, pull up on us. I'm looking around, everybody's got a gun, and they're like slowly like walking toward us. I'm like, yo, where the fuck is Marty? Like, And he pops out, and as soon as he did, it was like everybody who was like following us was like, oh, you're the, it ran, and everything was good, photos, yeah. you know, the, 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 the hood mascot has arrived kind of vibe. <laughs> but, uh, prior to that, it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna die. So you yeah. really gotta make sure you're, you're doing the right thing, but yeah. I've uh, learned to appreciate the fact that I don't have to do too much of that anymore, and that was the building to get where I'm at now. Yeah, definitely. When I think about like all the vlogs I ever did that went viral because there was a crazy-ass fight that I was just standing right there for, <laughs> and I'm all up in the fight. Right. And, and, and just like there's so many things that could go wrong once you get to that level because it's like even the other day, fucking my friend AD, he posts a fight, a crazy fight on his Instagram story. I repost it and give him credit on the No Jumper Instagram, and he's he's just hitting me up right away. Like I got to take this down because the dudes who are involved are serious dudes, Uh-oh. and it, like you know him posting that, even though then it was just me reposting it, was way too much. Like, and if we were nobodies and we had like you know a thousand followers each or whatever, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. But once you get to a certain level, like I posted, I was I wasn't actually even there. It was a couple of my friends went to the bar, and one of my friends knocked this fucking dude out, and I had the video and I posted it. And this is probably like five years ago. And immediately I like, I got the fucking dude's sister in my DMs telling me about how he's a saint and your friend knocked him out for no fucking reason. I'm like, oh, God damn it. Like, yeah. That was like 30,000 follower Adam. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, girl yeah. was like in my DMs making me feel horrible about posting that. And I'm like, all right, fuck, I'm sorry. You know, I deleted it, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all those, all those early on like vlogs. And, and I feel like from what, sticks out to me in in your course and growing into what you've you know turned it into what's been different is you're getting involved you're driving there you're pulling up Mm. you're you know with little pump going around state to state showing the behind the scenes like nobody was really showcasing 
you know, they, you'd have the interview, but you wouldn't have the the ins and outs and outs and ins and of every situation. I feel like that was really what led to, um, you know, your your earliest like unique offset. I'm different from the rest of these people and. I feel I you though, because grow into what you are now. Now my my shit is like what you're saying, where it's like people pull up to your studio right. and they work with you. I have people pull up here because it just lets me make so much more content where I can just right. do mad interviews yeah. here. But then also there is like a little bit of the magic that gets lost because it's not me going downtown to some warehouse party because now I'm thinking about it like I'm like what the fuck am I doing hanging out at yeah. this crazy ass party where somebody could come in here doing whatever to me. Yeah, and you you know, I, you know as much as you want to get involved, you got to realize like you are a certain figure that you know. Somebody would love to sock you in the mouth and mm. get it on camera, you know, to just do some bullshit to like, we got him. Like, mm -hmm. we, we have such a culture of like, oh, he's got a chain. Let's snatch it off his neck and post it around. Oh, he's, you know, out in public. Let's, you know, take him out. So, you know, so you you have your own thing going. You don't have to deal with all the bullshit. But are you determined to mostly stay the same? Like you haven't changed the way you dress or you're not doing yeah, all this rapper nah, stuff, right? I, I, you know, fuck, I'm going to keep up with the dude who's got however much jewelry on his neck and designer like you know the whole time I've, I've been just wearing the same clothes and you know before getting you know all the designer and anything else I'm like I gotta get a property I gotta get mm. a second one I gotta I love being the person in the room who people don't look at like oh he's got a lot of money you know being mm. and knowing the rappers that you're around and what's going on with their deals and how much money they actually have. And like, it's humbling realizing like, okay, they got a peacock because their mm. job is to appear at this level of, you know, status. I don't have to do that. Mm. Like I didn't sign up for it. I'm not, I don't care at all if people are like, oh yeah, he's balling now. Oh yeah, he's real. Oh, he made right. it. Cause it's like, you know, how many ways can I point a target on my head if I'm, you know, buying all the jewelry, keeping up, doing all that. Like, that's never been me. I've never really thought that was something important. I've kind of gained my status based on what I do, not what I portray or how I look or how I act or, you know, I just kind of been very much me the whole way through. Definitely, yeah. I mean, when I see a rapper with a big-ass chain, that's exactly what I think is. I think that, that shit is a prison that you're yeah, wearing on you because yeah. that is putting you in a situation where you can't move around easily. Mm -hmm. You're going to be a big ass target to some of the most dangerous people in this area, in yeah. this city, realistically. And, you know, it's just, I don't want to have a, having even 10 or $20,000 around your neck. Fuck yeah. all that. I don't want to fucking have to worry about that. Right. If I, I wouldn't walk around with $10,000 in my pocket. I would right. put it in the goddamn bank right. so that nobody right, could right, take right, it. Right, right. <laughs> well, on top of that, it's like, okay, that's half your advance. Like, we know what these deals are. We know right. how much money they're getting. Mm -hmm. We know how much they owe. We know what, what that all is. So I'm like, you have all the money that you owe to the label mm. around your neck right now. Mm. Now you need to make that much that's around your neck to pay them back to get into the spot. And guess what? You need a new chain in two months because mm. you signed up to now compete with him, him, and other bruh who just got a brand new chain from whether it be from somebody who bought it for them, their CEO, their big homie or whatever. Like you're going to be the guy who hasn't got a new chain for a year. Mm. You want to be that rapper while all these other rappers are getting, like you've signed up for it now. I just know too much because I remember when OJ the Juice Man came out and he would have like mad different chains all the time and shit would be changing and I would be thinking like, wow, that's crazy. Like he must be making so much money that he's changing his jewelry out all the time and shit. And then at a certain point I noticed like, oh, he's been wearing the same chain. 
for a long time now. And then I watched an interview at one point where they said, what's the biggest mistake you ever made? And he said, spending all that goddamn money on jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, well, I guess that's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah, and you're not going to get your money back, too. Yeah. Nobody's trying to buy those back from you, especially if, you know, you got a giant bald eagle covered mm. in diamonds on your neck. So like, somebody will rob you and try to take your life over that chain, but then meanwhile, the jeweler that you bought it from won't give you a third of what you paid for it. Right, right. That's a harsh reality check right there. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I love the fact that I didn't have to sign up for it. And guess what? If I was rapping, I probably would, you mm. know? It's, oh, yeah. it's just kind of the, the, if you're moving up and you're doing what you're doing, uh, kind of have to I don't know I, I hate to say it. like I'm, I'm all for being your own unique individual but in this day and age depending on what lane you're going in with music like you've entered into competing with the artists who are doing all these things if you're not how are you really competing that's why I always thought it was cool when TJX6 came out and he had no haircut his shit was just mad woofed out no lineup yeah. I was like bro that's badass I've never seen a rapper with hair like that He's before not a fuck about it. yeah I thought that was pretty sick and then I think he got a he got a lineup at one point and I'm like that kind of ruined it for me. Yeah. He sold out <laughs> at that moment in time. <laughs> I don't know. But that was weird. But you know what? I think about when I met uh, J. Cole when he pulled up to my store and he was just wearing like a, a Nike sweatsuit, no no jewelry, no security guard. That no. was the only artist I was thinking of who hasn't yeah. really. But he did. Early on, he did mm. have the chains going on. But then, you know. Remember the story about how he had this Versace shirt the fucking stylist gave him? And then I think at, at this award show in the same night... French Montana and some other artists all had the same Versace shirt. Oh, shit. And that was, like, what kind of made him check out on the designer thing, was just sort of realizing, like, I, I don't want to be out here just looking like everybody else, yeah, bro. Yeah, this yeah. is stupid as fuck. Yeah. No, it's... <laughs> that, uh, I, can't, I can't even begin to try to keep up. And My style sense is just so far removed, I wouldn't even know what to do if I'm buying designer shit. I remember I bought a Gucci windbreaker at one point, I think to wear in a famous Dexa video or some shit, which really seems like a poor use of money at this point. But <laughs> um, I, I bought it and I wore it, whatever. And you know, what, how many times are you gonna wear it? You can wear it a couple of times. If you wear it more than that, you start to look stupid. But then J. Cole had a music video where he was sort of like making fun of designers and SoundCloud rappers and all that kind of stuff, sort of poking fun at it. And he was wearing that jacket in the video. And I'm sure that he didn't know that that jacket was like the one Gucci jacket that I bought in my life. But that just like really made me feel like, felt like a direct hit. <laughs> this is a stupid thing to spend money on, bro. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, OK, when you think about where you want to be at in a year or five years, what, what's the stuff that you're really working towards right now? Sure. Yeah. Um, building my team up right now. I want to have a squad of producers that I'm, you know, I have around me signed to me or you know that I'm working with who um, have answers any any kind of beats any kind of sounds if we get the inquiry coming in hey we need beats for such and such got it mm. the answer is not no um, and there's there's so many different styles there's so many different requests and like having a number one really showed me like yo if you're gonna do this and you're gonna do it well there's not enough hours in the day mm. that you as one single individual can fulfill all these requests successfully and end up, you know, having placements go through. So right now I'm building up the team, um, signing my producers, getting the getting the the home team situated and um yeah, in the next couple of years a lot more billboard, a lot more radio songs, a lot more building with different artists. Um I know I gotta keep the main thing the main thing. 
like I started doing videos, so it's important to, uh, you know, continue doing that, but to really just focus on the ones that are going to take it to the next level mm. and not just, you know, enter into the, okay, well, I did one for him, so I got to do one for him. Now I got to do one for him. You know, I, I don't want to water it down, and I feel like um, having taken a break from it and kind of stepping back and, you know, um, realizing, you know, I have complete control over this has been empowering, and, you know, oftentimes you just do what you think makes the most sense, and there's no real reason when you look back. There's no real benefit that came of it. It was just something that you continued to put out content to remain relevant. Now I'm like, okay, two songs that I've done that started as videos and turned into songs. The first one went gold. The second one went number one. Let's do that with the next one. Like, mm. let's continue to have these videos be actual songs and the video is promotion to a song that I actually produced and now we're on the billboard with it. Rather than I do a video with an artist, I had nothing to do with the song, I blow them out of the water with this video and then it has nothing to do with me in the long run, you know? Mm. Focus more on like, okay, I'm doing this because I'm involved, I'm doing this because we have an actual song together, I'm doing this because it adds to the forward momentum of where I'm trying to go rather than just doing it for the sake of doing it. It's a pretty crazy path that you took to get to this point, but it's it's pretty amazing that it's working out. Yeah, I appreciate that. Like man. the most unexpected way that somebody could become a force in rap music. Right. Yeah, and it's you know it's not about the ukulele. It's not about um, any of that. It's it's about how you market it. You know, you could I could be the guy who juggles next to a rapper as long as you know. I mean, that's obviously not going to work, but as long as you have a method to it and you line things out to the point where you're going to be selective and you're not going to allow everyone to get involved with this. Um, I think the biggest part of it is just figuring out how to move with it, making the right decisions on the way up and building something that's something that everyone wants a part of, but not everyone can have something that everyone wants to be involved in and they can work their whole careers and still never get there. You know, just having that, Thing that's different unique that stands out that everyone wants to be involved in definitely okay last question i probably mm. should have asked this earlier r.i.p king vaughn mm. who else that you worked with really stands out when you think about i'm sure you lost a bunch of people oh yeah so many um man <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i'm sure your list is is yeah is, is, is even crazier um, I guess just what's what's like the one that stands out the most because I, w- I was just watching the King Von one earlier and that's one that like sonically really hit like he sounded amazing over the ukulele and yeah just everything about that just was he, you could tell he gave it his all yeah I mean as, as far as artists that everyone would know about Juice oh Von, Juice of course um you know I was just you know the the little loaded situation one of my mm. favorite unreleased songs I have with Lil Loaded oh, uh, wow. it's just so sad to see things end that way with an artist who's just at the beginning of, of their career but um yeah there have been so many I mean Lil Yace mm. he was an artist you know I was driving down to Draco's baby shower in 2016 with Yada and Yace from the Bay wow. I didn't even know who Draco was and I'm pulling up this guy's got like a 28 inch rim fucking Escalade parked out front of the baby shower coming out in a zoot suit I'm like what the fuck <laughs> is going on out here but um yeah they're like yo you know we got to get to LA we got to do this so Yace was a big part of um, me building in my own hometown and, and kind of turning up uh, 
getting down to LA and, and turning into something bigger. And that was, I was super devastating. To, uh, yeah. He, a we while, discussed but. doing the interview super early on and then it never ended up happening. And I think he might actually hit me other one point that I forgot to respond to or something. So when I heard about that, that really, that hurt. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's been so many, I mean, um, shit, Baton Rouge, Zorilla, G Money. It's like every city that I've gone to, I can name mm. three or four artists who I had linked with, and something happened. I think the list is like you know twenty plus, but yeah. And that's what's so crazy is like there are these videos that people will continuously go back to Houdini in Canada. Oh wow! Um, you know these different videos, and like people are reposting them for years and years and years as like one of the fondest memories of the artist is like that video with me. So. That's a big deal to to just be part of a moment that's kind of like set in stone based off of you know sad events that you know we didn't know were coming no that's a fact yeah as soon as you start to like see your content being used to memorialize somebody mm -hmm. that does fucking hit home of like wow like this interview is going to be something that this dude's family and this dude's fans are going to potentially go back to for years and years and years when they're trying to remember this person they lost. And that yeah. actually feels like a lot of responsibility, you know? Well, for you, that's got to be what? X for sure. X. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, X was the X and Peep were the first two yeah. for sure. And then I guess Juice was also yeah, like the other. You had the like yeah. holes in the wall, old, but yeah, early, early on with them. Mm. I was probably one of your biggest, huh? Oh, uh, X was the biggest by far, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first one to blow up. Yeah. Kind of crazy because I don't know what I could ever do on here that would actually be bigger than that, really. Yeah, you know? crazy. And was it that it blew up afterwards or would, how did that? I mean, it's like I did the interview and like as I was looking at the YouTube analytics the other day of the views because you can Crazy chart his career. That happen, it's, yeah. it's like he gets a little tiny bit when it comes out, then his music starts blowing up and then it kind of starts going crazy. Then he passes away and it's the Skyrock, biggest spike yeah. ever, like a million plus views in a day. And then like they're, they're, they're like, will just be random times where it'll just blow up again. I don't know what it is, the YouTube algorithm or something, but that yeah. one, I don't know. It's just crazy to, to just think about how much real estate that shit has in a lot of people's brains, you know? Yeah, that's been a big thing for me is, like, a lot of people will do the whole, like, capitalize off of whoever's mm. death. And, like, you know, with the Juice one, we had this video, and I'm like, I'm not about to just drop this right after this happened. Like, I don't want to – why wasn't it out before? Everyone, mm. You know, why are you deciding to drop it now? So I, I ended up sitting on that one for, like, a year and a half, and I'm like, you know what, people need to see this. It was, like, a 10-minute freestyle he did with me one night. Oh, wow. You know how those are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just goes and goes and goes. So. Yeah. I've had that, too, though, where, like, we'd interview someone, and then, you know, a week later they get shot or, or something crazy happens. They get locked up. Right. And then people get on our ass for putting it out. And it's like, bro, I already did it. Yeah. I was just waiting well, to hey, drop it. And that was it. the crazy thing. Like, with the Vaughn one, like, we had done two. We dropped part one together. He was alive. Part two was supposed to go up, I think, the day he had passed or the day after. Wow. And I had, you know, tapped back in to, to check that all was well. And, you know, the people close to him on his team said to drop it. So let it go. And, you know, a lot of mixed opinions on it. But, you know, yeah. some content I feel like you just – why change the game plan 
when that happened if that was what the game plan was. Well, this is more important now. It's right. more important. Right. It's going to mean more to more people. Right. You know, I but was going to put it out already. Right. But you deal with all the backlash. And yeah. people love to just be like, oh, you, you know, they're, they're, it's like their job is now to like shame you for it because mm. that's just how. Like interviewing somebody or doing what you do with, with someone, either way, it's just glorifying them. Right. You know, it's just right. saying, I think this person is awesome. And this is a per- piece of content we did together. And I think it's great. And it's like, why, why would that be less something you wanted to put out into the world just because they passed away? If anything, I have more, I have more reason to want to cause everybody to get together for this piece of content and, and celebrate them or right. whatever, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. Now, it's always been a touchy subject, though. I feel like that and then skating the lines of politics is like, you know, you never want to end up in the wrong side of some bullshit that has to deal with someone's life yeah you know i don't want to be disrespecting this man's legacy by dropping a video if that's how it's viewed so i you know first i really didn't know how to deal with that like do i drop these videos or do i keep them up or you know if a certain thing happens is it still okay to drop something that you did and you had planned on but i think more often than not it's like it's out, it's out. They'll get mad about it for a little bit, and then everyone will remember how great it was. It's a big part of this game is just sort of having to get used to the fact that people are going to be mad as fuck at you all the time for <laughs> yeah, no reason. Yeah, exactly and you just it. have to deal with it. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. in, in your head, it's like, how could the 5,000 people who commented on this video and told me that I shouldn't have posted it, how can 5,000 people be wrong? Yeah. But then you have to think, like, this has a million views. Like, that 5,000 is really not it's, that big a deal. Mm. More people will comment some negative shit than anything if they like it they're probably sharing it with someone rather than commenting Mm. on it or just watching it and liking it and then moving on with their day and maybe maybe liking it but not even a lot of times you know this just doesn't stand out to people as as important whereas if if i read an article and it pisses me off that's the kind of thing i might tweet or i might talk about on the podcast or some shit you know me reading an article and being like oh that's that's a good point that was a well thought out article that's just that's really not doing as much to my psyche my inner desire to talk about it you know yeah Mm. um all right anybody you want to thank anybody i want to thank uh yeah shout out my team big rob from the cut um my boy scotty cut chef from the cut my boy cinco Anybody I'm working with now, um, yeah. Thanks for having me. No, I, I feel like no it's pleasure. long overdue. My yeah. first link with you, I wanted, I wanted to uh, have something to talk about other than just videos. I feel like I've, I've done so much talking about videos. That's tight because I, I feel like a lot of people want the interview really, really early. Yeah. And that's very wise that you kind of, and, well, and not like you even asked for it. I asked you. Well, just, I remember you had said something like you had mentioned my existence like early on. It was like 2016. And I posted like, Adam, I'm coming for you or like some shit. And you're like, yo, what the fuck? Like, right. who is this guy and what is he talking about? And you're taking a step back. I'm like, you know, maybe I should wait till I have a lot more to talk about. Mm. And, you know, having done other interviews, I'm like, okay. I did this interview and they found this one thing to focus on that made the entire interview look like I was talking shit about somebody. Like, let me tiptoe back from these interviews and not have opportunities for people to just find this clickbait title to like Mm. throw me under the bus on some bullshit. So I've really been hesitant to do a lot of interviews because I feel like that's the theme. You know, even going into my hometown, did an interview with them and the, the title was like, you know, just some obscene shit. And they're like, you gonna promote this? I'm like, as soon as you change that title, I got you, yeah. 
That's so funny. Yeah, smaller YouTube channels, they they realize that like the only way that they're going to get a viral hit is by doing the craziest title. The craziest and shit. And they just so consistently will go like way. People think that Vlad or me are bad. It's like, bro, you want to see somebody who's going to really like mistitle some shit? Yeah. Find yourself somebody who's got like 20 subscribers and they just know that this could be the thing that goes viral for sure. Right. Well, and it's like if you already are under the impression that somebody is bad, just don't say some shit that they could spin against you, you know? Mm. So, for real. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks yeah, for, for having real. me over here. Einer Banks, my man. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Einer Banks, No Jumper, coolest podcast somewhere. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. And we will be on stream Friday listening to your music. Appreciate you, man. Hell yeah.